0: Master of the House.
1: <laughs> Welcome back for another Lame is episode. Today we're diving into what we call the Lame is Unfortunates or That's the Lame right. is Miserables because we really just wanted to talk about the Darnadies and Fontaine. So, do we ship this unhappy group of people? <laughs> Listen to find out. Hi everyone, I'm Steph
0: and I'm Devin.
1: And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, where Devin and I and our occasional guest, Gavin Goss, about our favorite, and obviously because of today, not so favorite <laughs> ships of all time.
0: That's right. And we're talking about all the unfortunates of Les Mis, which, let's be honest, is a, all of them. But <laughs> no, <we're laughs> that's kidding. We're the kidding.
1: title of the damn book.
0: <laughs> um, but no, we're diving into the Thenardiers. We're talking about Fontaine today. Um, a little bit of Cosette involved there and Eponine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're just diving into a little bit of everything here.
1: Yeah. We really just wanted mm-hmm. to, um, you know, Les Mis is such a huge story. And so I felt a little bit bad just like talking about, um, the couples in it because Marius and cazette cool couple. Great to talk about. Like we talked about the enemy ship of Valjean and Javert. Um, Ultimately, though, it doesn't cover the whole story. There's this whole other piece to it, which is Kazette and Fantine, Mm -hmm. her mother, and then Kazette being left with the Thenardiers, And the Thenardiers are like... Throughout the entire thing, they just show up and do crap, and like it makes you so mad. But they're a couple, too. Mm -hmm. We just couldn't necessarily justify only talking about them, because there's not really enough given (laughs) to talk about them. Um, So we wanted to talk about their relationship, and then their relationship with Fontaine as well, because it just is a driving force in the story. Mm -hmm. It kind of pushes the plot along. Um, So... That's kind of where this came from, um, just so everyone kind of understands that this is a more random episode, but we thought it was important to address in our Lay series. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, so I just wanted to start off with our question. Oh, da da. Devin, what are you thankful for this week?
0: Oh, man. I... I'm thankful for the weekend, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> amen amen
0: weekends are nice they give me a reprieve they give me time to rejuvenate that's a vocab word for all you out there um <laughs> <laughs>
1: rejuvenate <it's> beautiful <laughs>
0: um
1: we're very fanciful yeah, on this podcast <laughs>
0: um <laughs> yes uh no i just am appreciative for some time to refresh reset good and start all over again as the clock winds down for the end of the school year
1: yeah yeah what are
0: you thankful for staff
1: i'm thankful for ice cream oh me too
0: (laughs) i love ice cream
1: here's why and devin notices but the people who are listening probably don't i've gained a lot of weight (laughs) because i'm pregnant and this is just sort of the, the plight of the <laughs> pregnant woman, right? You gain a lot of weight, but you're at a point in your life where it's, it's acceptable to do so. So I have been really living it up, and I eat ice cream like every day. Like, Tom gets so annoyed because <laughs> Uber Eats will like show up to our house, um, and <laughs> like every I love single you. day. <laughs>
0: i know how bad her addiction to uber eats is guys (laughs) and it's bad i gave it up
1: for lent honestly it was so crazy um okay but anyway so yes ice cream is where it's at for me right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'll be down at their place guys
1: yeah and she'll
0: be like it's like 11 o'clock 10 o'clock at night can we get mcdonald's staff (laughs) (laughs) sure sure. look i'm getting fat right
1: now for a good reason the healthy child my child and my healthy child yeah no this child that's being brought into the world on ice cream and
0: cookies it's thriving
1: everything i can tell you though Devin, this baby moves more than the average baby we went to get our ultrasound Um, our 20-week ultrasound on Thursday. And it took us an hour to get all the pictures that we needed because this baby kept Kept moving, moving. punching the fucking, oh, excuse me, the freaking (laughs) ultrasound machine thing. And the woman was like, dang, you have like a little mover. And then the next day, all day long, she was punching me in the stomach. I think that she was mad. So (laughs) she's like, leave me alone. This is how I know the baby's going to be more like Tom because, because, she's because like, it like leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> therefore
0: like, it's more of tom because it yeah. moves
1: <laughs> no because she doesn't want to be bob
0: i know i'm kidding
1: <laughs> but also yes <laughs> all right we should probably get started yes no more tangenting here <laughs> um
0: before before we do um recently i've been watching les miz in um we have a, a block at the end of the day called eagle block it's like an hour at the end of the day um, and I host It's a Study Hall with my theater kids. Um nice. We've been watching Les Mis recently. Um, like the and new
1: movie?
0: Not the new movie, but the, the 2012. The v- most yeah, recent. the 2012 yeah. version. Um, and I asked before we started, I was like, how many of you have seen this before and haven't seen this before? And all everyone's hand went up. I was like, seriously, you guys they have never seen watched it? Les Mis? Oh, um, get out. Granted, get I have out. to skip some scenes because, you know, language and content right. but um sure. overall I'm shocked and I'm glad that I get to share it with them because wow. they deserve to know Lamas they know the music that but is, they don't necessarily know the story
1: that is a culture shock <sighs>
0: craziness talk about kids that don't yeah. don't even know what Harry Potter is Ugh how dare oh, you i can't that, that i can't use exist. i can't use like harry potter references or like
1: if they don't know harry potter then they've been living references. under a rock i'm sorry to say it <laughs>
0: excuse me <clears throat> little, i'm dying here i'm fine i'm kidding um but i can't use some of these references because because apparently they're too old how dare you not know what hunger games or harry potter or star wars is okay that's just culture <laughs> i'm kidding
1: that's what i'm saying it is i'm super mad but we won't rage about that today yeah, i'm kidding um shout out to page rage we are not going to be rage actually we are going to be raging on this episode so they'll be proud of yeah, us be because proud. the <clears throat> do make me rage but um moving along with the episode just a little bit just first warning is spoiler alert because I mean we've been doing Lay Miz the past two episodes, so pay attention. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you haven't watched the movie like Devin's Class, for example, or uh you haven't read the book or haven't had any experience with the Broadway show, like, just be careful. We're gonna be going into details like we have been the past show. couple episodes. And um, for the summary, I'm not going to do too much because I just went over the entire story for Valjean and Javert and then the Cazette uh, and Marius episode. Essentially, all I'm going to say is that at one point, Fontine, um, her husband or not her husband, this guy who knocked her up left her they had like a sum- summer fling and she in this <laughs> but he this was gone age,
0: when autumn came
1: <laughs> when autumn <laughs> came yes I know uh, but so the problem is in this day and age you can't get work as a woman who's a single mother um, unless you're like widowed or whatever because people look at you and they're like are you a what's prostitute you? like what's wrong with you mm-hmm. like this moral judgment which is like super super sad to see um, so she ends up having to leave Cazette with innkeepers that she finds that she thinks are these great people, but the thing is the Tanadiers are not great people. <laughs> um swindlers. so she leaves she leaves her daughter there. She goes into the city and she gets a job um and sends basically all of her money to the Tanadier Tanadiers who are swindlers swindlers, like Devin said. And they just keep asking for money they don't need. They keep Kazette as like a little like slave essentially. Make her clean their whole house like they give her, like, a bed under the stairs, I think is something you read about in the book, and it's, like, really horrible. She, like, sleeps with the rats, essentially. Right, right. Um Yeah, and they, like, don't take care of her at all. And then they have this daughter, Eponine, and Eponine, they treat like gold. At least when she's a child, they treat her like, well, in the book, they don't. In the movie, they kind of do, like, treat her that way. But in the book, they're just kind of not great parents in general. Um, But it's kind of interesting because later on, Valjean comes into their life when Fantine dies. um, And that's a whole story, too. So Fantine worked in one of Valjean's factories, was kicked out when he wasn't paying attention. She really holds him to blame for it. Um, So on her deathbed, he promises her that he'll take care of Cosette. He goes to find Cosette, takes her out of the Thenardier's house, and raises her as his own. So this is how Valjean is related to Fantine, how he ends up meeting the Thenardiers, and then later in his life, Cosette and Valjean run into the Thenardiers again, and the Thenardiers are mad that he stole the girl from them. But you know they don't care about that; they just want money. <laughs> and so this is where we see a grown-up Cosette and a grown-up Eponine. Cosette is like this, well, like. Established young woman, and Eponine is basically just fallen down the whole, the well of like poverty with her parents, because um, that eventually dies. The whole thing with Marius and Cosette we won't get into, <clears throat> but then at the end we do see the Thenardiers just sort of mucking around, still being terrible people. There's no redemption arc there, um, and Valjean and Fantine essentially enter heaven. Um, so that's kind of where we end for all of these, and. It's just an interesting dynamic of what you choose to do with your poverty, what you choose to do with your life, because the Jeff definitely don't choose right, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can see. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the summary that I have here. Woohoo!
0: Well Yay! done. Well done. Well done. <sighs> that was a mouthful.
1: It really was. Faux chaos. Faux chaos.
0: All right. So we're going to dive right into these unfortunates. Mm-hmm. First, let's talk about the Thenardier's. How do we feel when we first meet this dynamic duo?
1: I mean, when we first meet them, and truly when we first meet them in the movie, it's after years and years after Cosette has grown up. We don't get too much of the background of Fontaine dropping her child off. In the book, you get a little bit more of that. Um, Fontaine is kind of duped Mm -hmm. by them the way that anyone else is like they act like these little kind people that are going to help you yes and they're going to help you out they're going to give you a discount to stay at their lodge while they're stealing stuff from you so they really are con artists um i will say for the two of them like and we'll talk more about this when we talk about their couple traits they are so in sync with each other (laughs) That is the only way <laughs> really
0: that are, you though. can be
1: as freaking ridiculous as they are and succeed. They, know, unquote, every, succeed in they
0: know their their own tricks, and they know that as soon as, like, one changes a story, oh, oh I know where this is going, and I'm going to, like, catch yes, up to it. Yes, like, she follows, <laughs> yes.
1: So how do I feel when I meet them? I feel like this is humorous. I feel like, oh, this might just be a light, you know, interlude to the show. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, like... Oh no, they have a whole part right, in this—the seedy underbelly of it. The seedy underbelly of Paris in this time. Yeah, I mean
0: they are meant to be the comedic effect of the story. The story is super depressing.
1: It is so well, they are right. Wrong, so <laughs> so <laughs> they're meant to be
0: the comedic, re- like relief. Um right. but even then, there's still some dark under, um, underside of these characters who, yeah, we have to realize that they're they're their comedy comes from the t- the poor treatment uh that they're um what they're getting out of everyone else what they're stealing and what they're mm-hmm. gaining from um conning everyone um but you're right i think when we first meet them we're just overwhelmed by their um personal their huge personalities both of them are are in your face bold and um just Um, ready to knock your socks off and steal them along with it. (laughs) Um, That is a great way to put it. (laughs) um, They really are just a pure dynamic duo, and we'll get into more of this much later. Um, But we really meet them when... um, cosette sweeping and she's singing her uh, there's a castle on the cloud song um and they're treating her poorly sending her off to get i think she's off to going to get water is that true i don't really remember um but i think she's i think they send her out into the, the woods on a cold night and like go get it um so we just get to see their the treatment between her and the treatment of of uh Eponine as well. um, but that's really our first impression: is that they they, they are these kooky, weird, eccentric um, con artists, and they are they're out to get you and they're out to swindle you. All
1: right, cool. So the second question: What traits do we like about this couple, and what traits do we oh, not no. so like?
0: <laughs> I think we already said one that we're just really a fan of with this couple is that they know each other inside and out. Uh, yep. They know each other's uh, strengths and each other's weaknesses and how to how to avoid each other's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, how to get the most bang out of their buck uh, and trying to i mean that's what master how master of the house is all about it's like how how can we concoct a plan to swindle everyone we encounter um even when she's like talking to the guy about how small of a you know man's area her husband has but like yes! in the process of doing this and like kind of like wooing him, she's stealing from the guy at the same time. So, Right. Like,
1: um, she always is like, she's like loyal to her husband right. to a fault. Like loyal to this man who's just a horrible person. <laughs> and I think in the book it actually talks about how she's kind of ruined by him. Really? um, Yeah. There's like some backstory to, at least, you know, she was in poverty as well and living sort of not a great life, mm-hmm. but it's when she met him that she becomes entrenched in this lifestyle mm. I, I think if i remember correctly um but a little backstory there and yeah it that's essentially the only trait to like about them is that they're on the same page and, they're
0: just, and like you said they're just loyal to each other they're, they're yeah. they go through thick and thin um trying to survive um and yep. make a living off of well, tree. I don't
1: know how loyal he is in certain ways. Mm, yeah, okay. But but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when I say like when I say loyal to, I do mean like to their common cause, Correct. which is just conning people, essentially. And the funniest thing is, Devin, as successful as they are as thieves or thieves, um, they don't ever end up getting rich no, they don't. off of that. Like they constantly they just get are by. stealing they're working hard and they are still poor when we meet them again so it's just like it's just funny to me because it's like they have this idea that this is the only way of living Mm -hmm. and they don't even succeed at it (laughs) it's just like (laughs) very funny um they're always one step behind yeah and then traits that we don't like obviously i think he is the slimiest in the book like there's a point where he talks about um how he'll never change. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just... There's also like a song he sings, I think, in the Broadway show that wasn't in the movie um, about how he will always sort of be elusively stealing stuff, running around under the light of the moon and how he'll never change, essentially. Um, And her, I think... I think that there are redeemable qualities about her. No, no, I take that back. There are no redeemable (laughs) qualities about her. I was going to say maybe there are, but when I see the way that she treats Kazette and she never feels bad about it, like not even later in her life, does she have remorse? They treat her poorly and
0: there's no regret. There's no guilt involved there. They
1: treat her like property. Mm -hmm. And later on, they're more upset that like, that Valjean took their property, than the fact that like they he stole a child mm-hmm. from them. Like well, they don't he care that they her, stole, he? right? They just think that they didn't get like as much as they could have gotten. Um, I think he even, I think Valjean even like <laughs> doesn't pay them the full amount he said or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I just like
0: fifteen hundred francs something like that yeah something like that
1: whatever it is they feel like they've been slighted um but they don't even care that it's he took the daughter it's that they didn't make as much as they could have Mm -hmm. um which is just slimy behavior in my opinion (laughs) um so there's really no traits to like except the fact that they are loyal to each other and very loyal at that
0: yeah um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like I can see as redeemable. I mean, they're funny as hell. They they're are
1: funny as hell, and a good time. I can imagine it. It would be a fun party at their their lodge. Just don't <laughs> eat or drink anything. Yeah, <laughs> you will probably come for die. the atmosphere.
0: Don't don't stay yeah. for anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is so funny. Yeah.
0: Um. I yeah. I I don't really think they have much else going on for them but hey nope. all right jumping in to the next one what are some of our favorite Thenardier scenes
1: mm, that's a great question um i won't steal the obvious one that i think you're gonna take
0: Which just is because
1: the, wh- like when we first meet them in their house is that not what you're gonna do, like master of the house? Oh, well,
0: mean, I guess, but like.
1: Yeah, yeah, you were gonna take that. I just don't want to take the same one because there are a few scenes yeah. that I could talk about. That's what I was um, gonna.
0: Fill in the blanks that you also. Oh,
1: okay. Well, um, I think my favorite scene of the Tenadiers is actually at the wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I knew it's you were gonna so this. Funny. One. <laughs> it's so funny that they are all like like dirty and like made up in such a way that like they're trying trying to to fit in yeah but they can't do it they just don't know how they're not they they just can't do it and not only that my favorite scene probably in the whole movie is when he's like trying to con marius and marius is having none of it and just like punches him right in the face <laughs> and that is just Get so out of my house. great and then they leave and they're not even really phased by it right. they're just like oh how dare you like it's just such a funny scene who, who I can we con gotten, next? <laughs> yeah i haven't gotten far enough into the book to know if that's even true to the story but right. i just think it's really funny that they think they're gonna like condemn jean valjean and marius so is like get the hell out of my house basically <laughs> <laughs> um i just funny. think it really it shows that they will literally stop at nothing dropping in on someone's wedding day um <laughs> it really shows that they are dedicated to this
0: dedication this yeah, <laughs> the true wedding crashers.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs>
0: um, I love a scene um, when it's like the the time gap when um, the girls grow up, and it's the first scene that we see them grown up, and um, they're trying to con. Uh, I don't remember who it is, but she's holding like a fake baby.
1: <laughs> yes and, and like oh, making all the noise John Valjana, is it is it
0: him still i think it is yeah um but like she's holding the baby and then she like recognizes him and like drops the baby and the head like rolls off.
1: <laughs> like, oh my gosh <laughs> honestly they are the perfect humor for a, a show like this yeah. like because they still have a little bit of that dark aspect the dark, to yeah, them the dark underside yeah dark humor but like it's kind of funny. Like, it works. <laughs> it does. Um,
0: So that's one of my favorites. Um, I mean, like, like you mentioned, Master of the House is just hilarious. It's so yes. fun um, to see them both doing what they do best in a way. Yep. Um, and I've seen various rend- renditions of, uh, like, on stage versus movie mm-hmm. and sort. So it's been really cool to see how other people... Do the song and what they add to it. Um, yes, it's very cool. Because um, it really yeah. is a, a first character piece of these two, and seeing what they can do and what they do do to those that they come in contact with, it's it's a blast. I mean, it is you never want to be that person that is conned, but like you like watching it happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of funny, <laughs> the, like it is it, the organized kind of chaos enjoyable. that they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the fact of the matter is it's so organized mm-hmm. like for a guy that really isn't that bright he just like gets the con i guess understands it yeah
0: i get um strong macbeth vibes from these two
1: yeah like yep
0: lady and uh macbeth uh granted she's the one that's usually wearing the pants in that scenario but like i feel like i get strong feelings vibes from
1: these two. Like, evil, like together in their yeah. evilness yeah, yeah. type thing. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> do they ever grow on us throughout the musical or book?
0: <laughs> I mean, they're always there. They're always, con- <laughs> like, they're consistent at least.
1: <laughs> right, right. You can always count on them to ruin the day. Yeah.
0: I. I mean, we we see th- we see them throughout because like we even spot um, a Tenardier, Mr. Tenardier, uh in the um, in the sewer when Valjean's carrying uh, <laughs> Mary is through, and um, just they're always their presence is always there except for the beginning, obviously. But their presence right. is always known throughout the entire piece. Um, they just pop up at random times, which is literally like what their characters do. Um, they're meant to just weave in and out of people's lives and take what they want and walk off um so i think that's pretty interesting to see but do they grow on us i mean i like their presence but i don't care for like i don't i'm not asking for them right (laughs) right i do appreciate their comic relief but i don't think there's ever a time that i care for them no like i have feelings towards them other than uh humor
1: right no i i totally agree like they grow on me in the sense like you're saying they're enjoyable to watch right and it's kind of funny but they're enjoyable to watch from the beginning so when when i think about do they ever grow on me no like they never have a redemption arc that's no. like the main thing here is like they they have every opportunity to just quit the life of thiebri and hmm try something new. They have like a family and actually we don't we don't learn about this in the in the movie or the show. Not only do they have Eponine as a daughter and another daughter, they have three young sons oh, that they abandoned. And one of them is Gafrash.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. So Gafrash and then their two young sons, they abandon to the streets because basically the, the mom says I don't want to take care of little boys
0: <laughs> Wow!
1: so she just abandons them to the streets um, so hmm. just thinking about that and thinking about the way that they treat Eponine to, like uh, what's his I don't even know the main guy's name the Tanadier master of the house guy uh, I don't um,
0: remember off the top of my head I'm sorry
1: I can't even think of their names but the main dude is such a jerk to Eponine even as an adult and when we see him you know trying to steal from Jean Valjean or whatever he's trying to do and Eponine tries to stop him he like hits her across the face um I I can't stand him and the other woman I just I don't they don't grow on me they don't grow on me they don't grow on anyone because they don't take the chance to grow at all right but that's, that's all I'll say about that.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's chat now about Fontaine.
1: Mm-hmm. How do we
0: feel about her dream and the loss of it?
1: It's sad because she was so innocent. Like, mm-hmm. she was basically described as this little innocent flower. And she was duped by a man that was older than her and um another con basically one, artist it's yeah it is the typical story of um the typical story of a young girl being duped to believe that someone loves her mm-hmm. and then the moment that crap hits the fan and responsibility comes into it the guy leaves yep. um and so she's left to fight her own way out of this situation in a world that was not yet ready to support a woman in this situation. Mm-hmm. So she just, time and time again, gets screwed over. And it's sad because we slowly see her her descent into the miserable life. Right. Because she doesn't start there. Um,
0: what is that song? Uh where she like like it keeps going through the lovely ladies yes or lovely whatever. ladies yeah we see the progress ho- so progression or the um what's the opposite of that not progression regression regression there we go
1: but so like we we see i think it actually um hold on a second um we this the that song actually gives me a lot of empathy for the women who are doing that already Mm -hmm. because i think it kind of shows you how you can start off like in this society like trying to avoid the immoral acts Mm -hmm. that might make you money and then eventually you just fall from grace and i think that's fontaine's whole story is falling from grace which is really sad yeah (sighs) yeah and then we get i dreamed a dream (sighs) to
0: Mimi is just so sad. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think she's duped from the start. Um, maybe there was actually feelings there, but as soon as, like you said, as soon as reality hits and as soon as um, responsibility hits, he runs off. I don't know if it's military wise or I don't know exactly why he leaves, but we just know that he's gone when autumn comes yep. and uh, she's left with the after effects of having to um, bear this child and raise the child on her own and um, find out ways to make a living when she's disgraced by society. Like nobody wants her. Nobody wants to um, give her the time of day. As soon as mm-hmm. there's gossip in the, the workplace, Um, oh that's the worst right like as as soon as there's gossip um she's not given a second chance to explain herself she's not given anything she's um tossed to the side and that's just how society treated her um
1: yeah it's it's horrifically sad yeah but (sighs) okay well, speaking about uh another character that comes into the story here, what are our thoughts on Valjean's presence in Fontaine's life?
0: Oh man. So much. There's well, because a lot there. he is, isn't he the owner of the workplace, like the workshop that she's working mm-hmm. in? Yeah. And he doesn't do anything about it. He no, he I allows know. he allows the He's focused
1: on his own problems.
0: Correct. He al- and he allows the manager to do what he wants with her um which if he really want, did what he wanted with her he would have um taken her to bed um but right right um it's just sad to see that he could have had more of an impact on her life than what he right. already did um but we see him feel indebted to her that he has to pay this debt now um and that's yep. and that's kind of like why he eludes um Javert for so long is because I have to take mm-hmm. care of the child. Um, yep. So I think it's a very powerful message to see how much the choices that we make, the choices that we don't make, affect others around us. Agreed. Um. Because uh, not eponine, because that's life is now changed because of um his decision to not intervene in the moment and then later to intervene in the moment uh to take her under his wing and raise her as his own Um, right and then at the end to get the vision of fontaine coming to him and taking him to um heaven is really uh, a beautiful scene as well
1: it really is what a way to wrap up their relationship Mm -hmm. and wrap up that part of the story is to have her waiting for him there because like he decided in her moment of need that because it was his fault that it was his his burden to fix it Mm -hmm. and not only did he pick up gazette but he spent his whole life
0: Making sure, Devoted that, to yeah, her. making sure that she had a future as well.
1: Right, exactly. And we talk about how amazing he is in both of the other episodes, especially on the Gazette episode, when it comes to his relationship to Gazette and Marius. Mm-hmm. But I personally find his relationship to Fontaine, though much shorter, um, to be much more like meaningful. Mm-hmm. Well, not much more meaningful. It's his daughter, because that's his daughter. But it hangs... In the balance, like there are these like turning points for Valjean throughout his life. First is when the bishop finds him and saves him, and then second is when he chooses the right path after wronging Fantine. Um, And and you can actually see in the in the movie at least he talks to Fantine sometimes. Did I do the right thing, Mm -hmm. Fantine? Did I? And like that's beautiful, that for the rest of his life he remembers this girl yeah. who no one else would remember. And what
0: I love, too, is that Fontine's last words is that he, she's gonna see Cosette when she, like, opens her yes. eyes. As, but yes, But then we see at the end that she comes back for Valjean, like, yep. is there for Valjean when he, when he opens his eyes. She's there for him.
1: Exactly. Oh, it's so good.
0: So good.
1: Yeah. But diving a little deeper into Fontaine, um, oh, I think this is your question never mind that's
0: okay I mean whatever uh Fantine leaves Cosette <laughs> with the Tenardiers in order to find work we already mentioned this how do yes, we feel yes. about Fontine choosing to leave Cosette behind with people she does not know
1: this is just another instance of her naivety yeah, her goal, coming her out. her nature. She's a single mother who is young and who has no one to teach her. We don't even learn about her parents. Like, I don't, I don't think we even really learn about the impact that they have on her life. Mm-hmm. Um, or lack thereof. And no one's taught her, like, you know, stranger danger, essentially. Um, which is why, number one, she shouldn't have gotten involved with this guy. And number two, she just she's a little bit young she's a little naive and i think what she does is she realizes she has no other choice mm-hmm. but to leave her daughter behind and when she's duped by the tenadiers, she decides these are the people i want to leave her with because they're good people right um even though we know that they're not good <clears throat> people and it's really sad because they end up being the worst people that she could have possibly left Cosette with um and what's even worse is that they keep on telling her, send more money, send more money. Yeah, you're
0: wondering why she doesn't take her to the convent or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. She probably just didn't think to go there. Right. That's that's the thing. And I think it's just because it was on her way into the city as she was trying to find work. Right. Um, but either way, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad she felt she had to leave her daughter there to begin with. Oh,
0: for sure. Instead of trying to, well, she wouldn't have been able to do anything, I mean, to leave her daughter at home all day otherwise um but yeah i I do think it's weird that not weird just sad that she feels like she has to make this choice and that she has no one else to turn to except for strangers right in a world that has that's filled with people um a city that is on the brink of um collapse in a sense and she has to grapple with her own life but also that of her daughters and she goes to mere strangers to take care of her and only getting letters in return about asking for more money instead of like wanting to actually develop a relationship and it's very it's
1: really sad that she never is able to stop back and yeah
0: she i don't i don't know if she ever really gets to see her daughter again
1: I don't really think she has a chance to, which sucks to think about. But it's like if she could have just stopped by unannounced one day, maybe she would have been able to see, see what happened. What happened and figured it out, but she it probably the story kind of alludes to the fact that she doesn't have time to do that. Right, she's too focused her,
0: on making a her living work. And, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. <sighs> well, Either way, back to the Tanadier's quickly. How do we feel about their treatment of Kazette versus how they raise Eponine?
0: Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but, and we also talked about in the pre, like in our, one of our previous episodes, the role reversal that these two uh, girls see. Um, one being treated very nice and one treated very poorly at the beginning, and yep. then getting a flip-flop, and one um, getting a life and a well-off life, um, whereas the other one's still stuck in the gutter, in a sense, and has to uh, know the town and know people in order to make a living as well. Um, right. So it's really interesting to see how the treatment of these two changes- <laughs> Yeah, well, flip-flops, but also changes their f- futures. Um, yep but it is hard to see that there isn't more division between these girls because of the treatment that their parents that the the parents quote unquote gave them um, mm-hmm. you would think that there'd be some resentment involved because oh you were treated better than um, others but as soon as they meet each other there's this connection again they're like um, they're, they act like sister. like
1: Eponine's like whoa wait Right. <laughs> like, that's Kazette.
0: Right. Um, so it is interesting to see that it doesn't impact their future relationship because of how their parents treated them. I think that is really honorable to these two ladies.
1: Yeah, strong characters, definitely. Um, yeah, I think you, you kind of talked about it totally like you hit the nail on the, the head like we see but th- the worst part is that even though and i think it's mo- ma- mostly in the musical that they treat her eponine with a lot more respect because that because i don't think they do that in, the, in book. the book yeah um but it's interesting to see how poverty doesn't leave eponine's side even though she's treated as a little doll mm. as a child mm-hmm. like Her parents do treat her that way, but then she ends up sinking into the same patterns that her parents do. Um, This is a true argument for nurture versus nature um, because we see that Cosette, you know, once she's with Valjean, that's when she's brought to a better place in her life. Um, Mm -hmm. And we just see the Tenadiers almost nurture Eponine into them. <laughs> right. And I feel like Cazette wouldn't have stood a chance if she stayed with them. So it was probably like like necessary timing that um that uh Valjean got there on time for her. Like that was absolutely necessary.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um but yeah. <sighs> Crazy.
0: Okay. Next um and this one's probably gonna be a quick answer, but yeah (laughs) does fontaine deserve the ending she receives
1: no no i mean it is sad because she does make some pretty poor choices in the end um she does make some pretty poor choices when she eventually feels she has to right but that's Um, only
0: because she's but that does not
1: i don't think anyone really deserves that end um But her especially like we said before she's just been this innocent little flower from the beginning who's been screwed over and screwed over time and time again um so yeah i would say she does not deserve the ending that she receives um however what do we mean by ending because ending if we're talking about the way she dies she doesn't deserve that but then she ends up in heaven as far as we understand Mm. so she does deserve that she has been through a life of hell but she deserves a life in heaven. Um, So I I do think she, if we're talking about her death, she doesn't deserve that. If we're talking about where she ends up, she does.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, All of that, all of that repeated. (laughs) All Um, of that. (laughs) She definitely does not deserve the death that she receives. Um, She's kind of left. You can see that the quick, uh regression of her as she is just taking her own humanity away like
1: Mm
0: -hmm. her hair gets cut her teeth get pulled she takes she gets um taken advantage of and we just see through each step in the process that she's becoming less and less of herself and um so it's hard to see that happen to someone especially knowing that someone could have stepped in and changed that scenario but because the society at that time it just wasn't worth it and you wonder what's happening in today's society that something like that is also happening and no one's willing to step up and be that person to change it so right um it gives you a lot to reflect on and think about it really does um but no you're right like at the end of the day she knows where she's at and
1: at the end of the day (laughs) 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 yeah um
0: but yeah so i'm really glad that um we get that return presence of fontaine at the end of the story
1: yep agreed all right so we've talked about our favorite song a few times but now i want to talk about what our favorite song is amongst these miserables that we've talked about
0: Mm. what are your thoughts
1: You want me to go first? (laughs) All right. Uh, I think it would just be too obvious to pick I Dreamed a Dream. It's a great (laughs) song. I just can't do it. Um, I think, I think, oh, this is a hard one. I actually didn't think about this beforehand. Um, hmm. You know what? I like the song that Fantine sings right as she's dying. Her death. Um, yes. to Yeah, I think it might just be called Fantine's Death. death but, yeah. yeah. Um, the song that she sings to Kazette. That's a beautiful tune that we hear throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And I really love that song. I think that that's what I'm going to go with. Because... There are a lot of choices here. I yeah. mean, like the Tenadiers have some great ones too, some bangers. But some bangers. I'm gonna choose, yeah, some bangers. <laughs> I'm gonna choose Fontaine's death, though. That's what I'm gonna go with. That's fun. What about you, Dev?
0: I love that. I love uh, Master of House, obviously. Um, <laughs>
1: yes. But,
0: um, one of my favorites that we haven't talked about at all these couple seasons, uh, not a couple seasons, these couple episodes. What has been uh, on my own? Um, I just think the the rain aspect, and it's, uh, yep. Eponine sharing her heart and her love for, um, her dedication for Marius, and um, yeah. I just yep. really enjoy that song, and it's a very powerful ballad that a lot of girls usually perform at showcases and mm-hmm. swords, so... Uh, It's very good. Love it.
1: Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, bring us home, Devin.
0: Okay. Fine. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Uh, Do we ship it?
1: I do not ship the Tenadiers. (laughs) They suck. I think (laughs) what they
0: do is fine, but they don't deserve (laughs) it. (laughs)
1: they do not deserve any clout from me and they're (laughs) not gonna get it (laughs) they are like first raging episode they
0: are a great they are a great comic relief for this show but i do not give them any props for what they do (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah that's pretty much it
1: so that's where we end. The- <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm sorry. We can definitively say that they saw. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, those are our thoughts on the Tenantiers, Fontaine, our Les Mis, Miserables. So what do you all think? So we have one quote here from Mason. Hi, Mason. And he says, The Tenantiers are hilarious. The show needed their presence for a little lightness and humor. However, they are terrible, and terrible is in all caps, people. Perfect for each other to rot in hell together, but truly the most (laughs) horrible creatures. Uh, Fontine just got the bad break at every turn. I feel for the girl, but she chooses a good way. She chooses a good way to be, even in her bad circumstances. Well, most of the time, at least in the end. Yeah, that's a good yeah, synopsis of what we're talking about today, for sure. Oh, show!
0: Sure. Thank you, Mason. Thanks. Um, and as always, this is our ending piece. So, as always, e- if you're enjoying the podcast or have feedback, please rate and review. It really helps us out. We love hearing about. Um, how much you guys enjoy listening and following us and shipping along with us or raging along with us as this episode is <laughs> more of a rager
1: <laughs> it is so please engage with us on social media email us at we ship a podcast at gmail.com we would love for you to join for a future episode or send in your comments we really just want to be engaging with all of you on all of ours and your favorite yeah ship. we
0: recently reached 1000 followers on Instagram yes, which did. is amazing thank you guys y'all are amazing
1: oh my goodness anyway we love you shippers the best way to look at the soul is through closed eyes and i'm ending with a fontaine quote because (laughs) screw the tenaties that's my quote (laughs) see you guys bye